Now, Italy's warring political parties deal last week to form a new government shunted aside hard-right leader Matteo Salvini, coming as something of a relief to the European establishment after 14 months of anti-EU sentiment and anti-migrant crackdowns. To learn more, let's invite Cecilia Boutini, freelance journalist based between Germany and Italy, who covers migration, politics, the environment and nationalist movements for a variety of publications. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So this really has been a dramatic turn of events. Can you just describe for us uh, briefly how this unfolded? Uh, The narrative has portrayed Salvini as being a popular man of the people who's standing up to the migration crisis, for example, who threatened the establishment by pushing for a general election. And his gamble seems to have failed. Yes, it has. So Salvini has put himself at the center of the political crisis after he triggered it. Um, he is the leader of the far-right League Party, which can still count on the, on the stronger, strongest popular support, according to polls. And he triggered the crisis after his party and their governing partner, Five Star Movement, grew more and more distant over the past months. Salvini did say that he would want to summon full powers unto himself after an election, so he definitely had a reshuffling of the government in mind, and possibly himself as prime minister. He saw that he had the numbers backing him and decided to take the plunge. But according to the Italian constitution, elections don't necessarily have to be called as long as there's room to negotiate a new majority. So it's totally possible that Salvini didn't in fact have a precise strategy to trigger a government crisis when he did, and that he was in fact overconfident that new elections could be called. So what he ended up doing was just kick himself out of government and make room for his number one enemy, the Democratic Party. Um, But there are some other factors that may have contributed to Salvini's decision. For example, the fact that one of the big talking points in government this year was the partial autonomy of three northern regions. And Salvini's party has traditionally appealed a lot to voters from the north. In fact, the party was born as a northern separatist party and only recently became nationalist. And um, a chunk of the party still cares a lot about the interests of northern voters. And that's the exact exact opposite of what's been happening in the five-year movement, which is strong in the South. So Salvini probably felt that he could no longer keep his party united, consolidate power, and put forward the kind of reforms he wanted while being in government with the five-star movement. Is there something anti-democratic about the way this coalition's being formed, though? They, they seem very afraid of holding a public vote for fear that uh, Mr. Salvini would actually win that. Um, well, as I said, according to the Italian constitution, as long as there is room to form a majority, there is no need to hold elections, and this is what's happened. Um, it is true that the... You know, the partners that are now in the new coalitions had all the interests, especially the Democratic Party, not to see Salvini in power. And so, you know, they did all they could to agree on on a new majority. Uh, But if you mention something anti-democratic about the way that the the deal was um, handled between the two parties, I should mention probably the voting, the online voting that was held um, yesterday uh, on the Five Star Movement platform. Um, there's been critics saying that that voting uh, was indeed, um, had indeed some anti-democratic elements because it only included a very small majority of, um, of voters. 
Um, and uh, yes, so they went ahead. The Pfizer movement held this electronic vote that lasted all day yesterday on whether to back the coalition with the Democratic Party. And the majority of um, people that are, you know, subscribed to this system uh, voted yes. So now the prime minister can officially form his ministerial team. And, um, you know, this is this has been quite a big deal in Italy. Um you know, the five-star movement uh, were born out of an idea of direct democracy. They based um, basically all of their, you know, internal decisions on this online voting system called Russo, which mm-hmm. is managed by a private company. They were criticized for keeping the fate of the whole country attached to a vote on this platform, which is also regularly described as not secure, non-transparent, and non-compliant with the workings of a parliamentary democracy like Italy. And so you've got the centre-left Democratic Party that operates in a more traditional way. They may have been able to form this alliance for now, but can that last? They have some pretty bitter differences, don't they? Right, yes. I am not really positive that it will last, and I'm not the only one. Um, There definitely are many points in which the two coalition partners are more distant than they are united. This agreement seems to be based a lot more on convenience, and it is based on real polit- political affinity. And um, we shouldn't forget that the Five Star was happy to get in a coalition with Salvini's League and to endorse many of his anti-migrant policies, for example. So should they decide to keep on that path, they shouldn't be able to count on the Democratic Party's support, in my opinion. Can you tell us a bit more about the man picked to somehow lead all this, uh, Giuseppe Conti. Can he, as a centrist figure, offer any hope to those as a, as a kind of counter to what you just said? Right. Um, so what happened was basically that the Pfizer movement insisted to have Conte, who has been new prime minister in the coalition of the Democratic Party. Um, and last year, when he was nominated for the first time, Conte said that he would work as the advocate of the people, which matches exactly the Five Stars' populist reach. Um, the option to have Conte as prime minister, again, was criticized by the Democratic Party at the beginning, but agreeing on him and moving on with the building of the new government is an advantage to the Democrats as well, because it would lower the chances of having to call elections and possibly see Salvini rise to power again. Well, the the thing is, we've got another scheduled election in mid-2023, and what needs to happen, presumably, for there to be any chance of success is a period of something like stability. H- how long can they hold on without an election? Um, well, the priority now is to draft and pass uh, the budget law on time to avert the risk of an increase in VAT tax next year. So this is one of the priorities of the new coalition. Um and, you know, this is obviously in the interest of um, Italy, but of Europe as well. And um, I think and I hope that they will do whatever they can to let this happen, to make this happen, um, and not to incur any sanctions from Europe. But, you know, we have seen that um, the politics can be very unpredictable. And as I said, these two partners are pretty un, you know, unlikely partners up until a few weeks ago. Um, the leader of the five-star movement, Luigi Di Maio, was lashing out against the Democratic Party, was um, you know, accusing them of being corrupt. So it's a, it's a risky one, I would say. But if there was to be an election, even as late as mid-2023, is, is it not possible that we would just be 
delaying the inevitable until then, that, in other words, the, the hard right would make a comeback? It's definitely possible. However, um, we're seeing just in these hours, in these past days, that um, Salvini's approval rates are are falling. Uh, this doesn't mean that um, his party will see, you know, their numbers plunge, most likely. It, it still is number one party in Italy, and it is likely that it will continue to be number one. However, the Democratic Party is now number two, according to the polls, and uh, depending on how they do, it could be that they will, you know, that they will reach the same uh, percentage to the league. Um, but um, Salvini has you know, carried out a very smart and very strategic um, social media campaign. For example, he's gone visit, you know, beaches and clubs and has rallied basically throughout his tenure as interior minister. And that has, you know, um, allowed him to build a pretty strong base of uh, supporters and voters. So um, I think that's what we should look at um, for for the next um, months and years and see uh, what happens to that electorate, which was let down by Salvini's move <laughs> to trigger the crisis and kick himself out of government. We, we shall, um, you know, see what these demotivated and um, disappointed voters will will have to say throughout the next months and years. It's certainly a pretty notable rise, though, for for Mr. Salvini to have become interior minister and and deputy prime minister in the post Mussolini era. And speaking of Benito Mussolini, is there a comparison to be made there at all with with Mr. Salvini drawing on the same kind of language? He's been calling for his supporters to march on Rome, for example. Um, or, or is that just a kind of easy media description, do you think? Right. Well, I do believe we shouldn't be careless with words, and um, to liken Salvini to Mussolini is a pretty fraught decision. However, he has used language that resembled fascist slogans in the past. This wasn't the first time. Um, and Salvini is obviously furious at the moment at what he has done, and he's channeling his fury outwards, not only toward his former government partner, uh, Five Star, but also toward Europe. For example, he said that his government crisis was in fact orchestrated by the EU's strongest powers, like Germany and France, uh, which is something that sounds very confusing to most, but it's part of his rhetoric, and that's it's been like that for a long time. Yeah, become famous for yes, making like uh, very strong statements. Um, and last evening, in fact, after he learned about the results of the vote on the Five Stars platform, he said that this coalition will not last long, and this his party will quote seize the country back from them. Um, he said he's walking high-headed, waiting for the moment where he can win again. So obviously he's very much focused on having fresh elections, And but that when that will happen, it's hard to say right now. Well, it certainly gives the EU motivation to go uh, maybe a little bit easier on the new coalition of the Five Star Movement and the Centre-Left Democratic Party, right? Um, Cecilia Bottini, we are out of time, but thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me.